I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd alert! Hello there, it's Obi John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to an all new Nerd Alert. Today, we're going to go boldly where no podcast has ever gone before, especially not this one. We're talking Trek. Uh, that was sarcasm, if you couldn't tell. And we can't talk Trek on any show on this network without calling in the big guns. The big guns being my right-hand man, the man who keeps the nerd in the Top Nerdy to Me Network. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the bridge, Commander Scott. So, it's a, it's a little bit bittersweet that we're talking Trek this week. Oh. Oh. Yep. So, two days ago, we lost the Shell Nichols. Um... I believe she was 89 when she passed. So in honor of Nichelle Nichols, I was looking up some 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 trivia for my my, my nerd trivia in, intro for Nichelle Nichols. And of course, everybody knows the the famous one that uh, that she was originally wanting to quit Star Trek. Uh, at one point, she was uh, she found out that uh, uh, the studio was withholding her fan mail, and so there was some other racial. Uh, discrimination and harassment going on behind the scenes and she wanted to quit and she had actually handed in her her resume to uh, Gene Roddenberry and then uh, she attended uh, either that night or the next next day within a couple of days of of doing that she attended an NAACP fundraiser where she was told that uh, there was a, a Star Trek fan that wanted to meet her and so she was prepped to meet a fan she was ushered into a waiting room, basically. And the fan turned out to be Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, and he's the one that convinced her to stay. Everybody knows that bit of trivia. That's yeah, a, everyone knows that, yeah. I didn't just learn that just now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. You did not know that? Never heard of that before. Really? Yeah, Dr. Martin Luther King, it was the only television show he actually approved of for his kids to watch. Wow. Uh, and he basically told her, he's like, you are playing a role and this is this is coming from her autobiography. He said, "You are playing a role that is not a black role. It is not a female role. Like you have opened a door that cannot be closed. You have to stay." And he's the one that convinced her to stay with Star Trek. Wow. But I also learned a couple of other things today. The the big one that I did not know that I did not know. Okay. Was that from the late 1970s until 1987, she was actually employed by NASA. 
She was in charge of astronaut recruits and hopefuls. Like she, she did well. No, 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 I just love the kind of recruit and hopefuls. Yeah. So no, once, once again, it, it, that, that's, that's kind of weird nomenclature. She wasn't like head of HR or hiring or anything. Mm-hmm. They, they recruited her because of her TV personality. She did promo videos. She was, she was in charge of, of, and she was the face of, you know, getting people to apply basically. Okay. Uh, and stuff. And some of the notable recruits that she launched and was personally involved with, because she focused a lot on minorities and, and females, because that was her thing. That was, I mean, that's, you know, Lieutenant Uhura in a nutshell. Um, but some of the ones that, that she personally was involved in bringing into NASA was Guillaume Bluford, Blue, Bluford, Bluford, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, the first African American male astronaut, Sally Ride, the first American female astronaut. Judith A. Resnick, uh, one of the original female astronauts, well, the first, of course, that's Sally Ride, but uh, recruited by NASA. Unfortunately, she, uh, sadly, she perished on Challenger on January 28th, 1986. Uh, and uh, Ron McNair, who also uh, uh, passed away on the Challenger. Um, so, yeah, she was, she was for almost a decade. She was, she was an employee of NASA and, and helped in their recruitment, recruitment drives. And, and focusing on uh, getting many uh, minorities and female uh, astronauts to apply uh, and stuff. So I, I did not realize that. Uh, and uh, uh, I thought that was funny. The other little bit of trivia that I didn't know until today was that apparently her younger brother, Thomas Alvin Nichols, uh, was part of the Heaven's Gate cult. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's that. a topic for a different show. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. Uh, so there's there's my nerd nerd. See, trivia. I was just gonna compliment her for nailing that whole fan dance thing when she was in her sixties. But uh, yours were way better. So there we go. We'll go with those. It, you know, the fan dance in Star Trek Five. Um, the only good thing I can say about Star Trek Five. You know, I mean, yeah, she was in her sixties, and damn, she's still hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can totally get why you know, Gene Roddenberry, you know. Totally, you know, just went after that in, in the 60s and 70s. They, they had a thing. <laughs> well, thank you for your lovely factoids, Scott. Uh, yeah, most of those are true. <laughs> I don't think they're factoids. Yeah, but they're, 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 they're a little fun fact. That's a factoid, Scott. Everyone knows that, Scott. Uh-huh. Unless you listen to this show. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you for that. Um, the, the, I did not know either of those facts, and those are both awesome things to learn about somebody. So, Michelle Nichols, rest in peace. Um, and with that, we're going to ruin all the credibility we have because we're going to introduce our last host, ladies and gentlemen, joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via the DeLorean. It's the Doc. Wow. Maybe. Maybe. Hang on. I think there's it's a- the Doc. Oh. Yeah, there's a problem with his collection connection. Were you waiting for me to go, hello? Yes, yes, we were waiting for that, Jay. <clears throat> Never look in the eyes of those who kill. They will haunt you forever. I, I thought we were talking to Jay, not um, Latina John Voigt. Is, is he back this week? Because that's just terrifying. Just Yeah, just replace me. It's fine. You can. Well, no, we don't want to replace. If you want you, not not creepy, half digested, snake eaten John Voight. We want, we want, we want the doc. 
Excuse me. Okay, maybe we don't want the doc. I'm, I'm starting to have second thoughts about this whole thing. Obi-Wan, one, one, Obi-Wan, break down. You son of a bitch, you want me back over. All right, we want you in. Oh, god damn it, New Holland. Whoa, hey, we were all just having a good time. You had to bring New Holland into it. I teach math, okay? I don't know what that has to do with you bringing in New Holland and ruining the mood, but okay, you teach math, sure. You see the size of that goddamn chicken? We've all seen the size of that. Anyway, if that didn't give it away, ladies and gentlemen, the doc is not here this week. Uh, but Scott is getting really damn good in that uh, the doc soundboard. Well, we've also got. And you know what else is terrible? Star Trek. There, I said it. Whoa! That's his hot take this week. That's all he has to say about everything we're going to say this week. That's all he has to contribute. I'm uh, I'm enjoying the the, the doc soundboard. Uh, I look forward to the day we can have an entire show of just the Doc Soundboard. It'll be fun. I'll have to write down what all we have so I can cue them up better. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go over it after that when there's, we're not. There's, there's a lot. Yeah. So, yes, the Doc is not here. He's off in his honeymoon in Vegas. Um, not to be confused with honeymoon in Vegas. I don't think he's planning to skydive as Elvis, but I don't want to put, you know, restraints on his honeymoon. Do whatever, bud. I'm waiting uh, for that snap to come through, actually. <laughs> Well, no, it, it would be a snap like uh, uh, after he lands in a field somewhere. Or it'll be the sandwich he's eating on the plane before he skydives. Anyway, uh, it's just us this week, and we're going to be talking something that I know Scott Cox is always keen to talk about because uh, he is the master of all things Trek on this channel. We're going to talk about, because... A lot has happened since the last time. We're not we're not doing a full state of the franchise, but we're going to dig into a little bit uh, of the current slate of Star Trek on. I guess I'd call it TV on streaming on on Paramount Plus. Yeah, I would go with TV. I'm still I'm still fine calling it on TV. Okay, but but it's on streaming. It's all yes. Um, specifically, we're going to be talking about Strange New Worlds and Lower Deck season two, probably Picard two. Uh, I didn't watch any, was it Prodigy, the other one? Yes, Prodigy is the other one. You'll you'll have to talk about that by yourself, sorry. Um, But we've got a lot of Trek, uh, new Trek, out on TV, and we're going to kind of go through it and uh, and give our thoughts and kind of a a, how do we feel about the current state of Trek. Um, So we'll start with um, what I think we'll have the most to say about, Strange New Worlds. Good place to start. Strange New Worlds, a great place to start. Uh, look, I'm just going to say this and then drop my mic. Uh, it is it with only one season and was it 10 episodes, 12 episodes? Something like that. I don't have the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 is, it is. Up here. It is hands down my second favorite Trek show of all time. Um, so that's how I feel about it. Scott, how do you feel about Strange New Worlds? Um. So. Uh, first of all, I, I mean, I'm loving everything that we're getting uh, Trek. Um, well, thanks for listening to the show. And we'll... <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. That's, that's, that's it. There's, that's all I had to say else. about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, ten episodes uh, for okay. uh, Strange New Worlds. Um, I both love and uh, hate's the wrong word. Uh, I'm a little You're confused. Annoyed by? 
annoyed. There you go. Yeah, I both love and I'm a little annoyed by what we're getting with Strange New Worlds. So well, let's unpack that. Yeah, well, so so first of all, you could actually you would not be amiss if you called Strange New Worlds a spin-off of Discovery. Okay? Okay. So Star Trek Discovery, which is going into its fifth season, I believe, um is um uh, set 10 years before the original series, Kirk, uh, when it started. I'm sorry? <laughs> Initially. Initially, when it started, you know, season one. It was set ab- about 10 years before yeah. Kirk. I don't know if they ever actually dated, but... Um, and then you get Anson Mount coming in, in at the end of season one, beginning of season two, as Captain Christopher Pike, uh, then commanding officer of the USS Enterprise. Uh, and he does a phenomenal job as Pike. Uh, so much so that literally all the fans, like everywhere, fans were like, we want more Pike. We want, why are we not getting Pike's Enterprise? Why are, why are you not giving us that? Um, and Anson Mount being cast as Pike was not, not like a throwaway role. He was cast with, with the intention of doing a show. Doing Strange New Worlds centered around him, provided you know the, the character did well on Discovery, which he did. Um, but I and, and both Discovery and Strange New Worlds are officially set in the prime timeline, meaning they are set in the same timeline as the original series, Next Gen, DS Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. And they a they don't feel it, but they don't feel it because of just 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 upgrades in production. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, upgrades in production are are so radically different. It's it's the same difference as next gen from the original series as we are from next gen now. Yep. It's just it's just advancements in technology, advancements in, te- in technique. Um, well, the only so the only issue there is the next gen bridge was never supposed to eventually turn into the bridge from original series. Like it just it was further down the timeline. That's why we have better technology now. And I yes. think that that's the thing that I have just given up on because I, and I think you pointed this out. It, there is no way this bridge eventually becomes that bridge. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, uh, I, I, I love the the flourishes and details in the bridge to kind of oh, give yeah. it that retro feel. Yeah, but I, in my mind, have already separated the two, and I don't care about the timeline stuff because I'm a casual enough fan I can ignore it. Uh, I know Scott is cursed with not being that casual of a fan, so that's how we balance each other out. Well, I'm 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 not a casual fan. I am a hardcore fan of Trek, but I'm I'm not hardcore to the point that you know I I throw hate around. Like I don't I don't. You didn't write a hate letter to Paramount to tell them about all the technical things they got wrong about the. I, I did. I did not. Although. You wrote oh, an email, oh. didn't you? <laughs> I did not write an email. I did not write an email. It was a tweet. It was not a tweet. I Damn it, I'll get you. You yep. sent a TikTok, didn't you? I did not send a TikTok. Nope. <laughs> I did not. Because when 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 season two, actually, uh, season one going into season two of Discovery, one of the big things that I had a problem with in Discovery was the holographic communication system. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest hang-up, was the fact that we don't have that technology going forward. Now, now I get it why they were using it because it's sci-fi looking. It's great. It's holograms. It's awesome. 
Um, it gives the directors a lot more options, you know, on blocking out shots and, and having these, these scenes when you have a hologram there you can talk to. Mm-hmm. But we never see it in any other Trek going forward. So what happened to it? Uh, now, I was completely fine with the fact that we see it, but before the series ends, we, we have to get rid of it somehow. We have to write it out. We have to hang a tag on it. We have to do something to explain why it's not there. But we don't have to do that till the end. And while I did not send an email, I did not write a letter, I did not do a tweet, I did not do a TikTok on this, but I may have mentioned something to Jonathan Frakes in person. <laughs> he went straight to the source, folks. <laughs> well, because Jonathan Frakes was at, at our local Comic-Con uh, uh, between seasons one and season two, and, and of course I went to get his autograph and I was chatting with him. Uh, Here now is an artistry creation of what happened with this. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me, Mr. Frakes. I have an issue to talk to you about about uh, Star Trek Discovery and uh, Season 1, Episode 2, when the holographic comes up. That shouldn't be around to the 24th century. Uh, uh, Yeah, cool. Thanks, kid. Hey, security, somebody get this kid away from me. We got another one. Sorry, what did Jonathan Frakes have was, to say, sir? That was, I'm, that was, I'm curious that, to know. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, so first of all, he is a wonderful person. He's a wonderful wonderful person to meet. Um, and I wasn't going to be that guy. I really wasn't. I was not going to be that guy. You just couldn't help it. I get it. It's okay. We've well, all been pu- there. He pulled it out of me. <laughs> oh, okay. Conversation. He pulled it out of me. <laughs> um, and what was really funny was, um, uh, so, so I met and was getting the autograph and everything. And he looked at me. And I think he was hitting on me a little bit. I'm not sure. Um, no, I because, know you're lying. Well, no, because because he, he looked at me and he's like, he's like, oh wow, he's like, uh, he's like, hell, you you probably weren't old enough to remember the, uh, the the remember the the series or to have seen it or something along those lines. And I'm I'm looking at him and I'm like, which which show are you talking about? And he's like, well, ours, Next Gen. I'm like, no, no, I I grew up with Next. How old do you think I am? <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I was born in 77. I was like, you know, almost 10 when the show came out. I, I grew up with, with this one. And he's like, oh, wow, you look really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, this has been celebs hitting on Commander Scott. <laughs> well, and, and so, so, and I'm like, you know, I love all Trek. You Wait know, till you hear what Jeffrey Combs had to say to him. Sorry. <laughs> Well, but so he, you know, so he asked me, he's like, which one's your favorite Trek? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I love all Trek. I'm just, I'm a huge Trekkie. And he's like, oh yeah, even Voyager. <laughs> and he's I'm like, been on the internet forums. <laughs> and I'm like, I like parts of Voyager. <laughs> and, uh, and we were discussing, we were discussing some of the things with Voyager and, 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 uh, and I, I brought up to him my, my theory of of voyager how it was one of the one of the most heinous missed opportunities in star trek history actually in television history okay was with voyager uh and we don't have to go into that right now but he actually kind of agreed with me he's like you know i never thought of it before but yeah okay, well they, now we have to go into that so let's go into that well so voyager ran concurrently the beginning of voyager kind of ran concurrently with um uh, the the end of Deep Space Nine because they overlapped. I'm I'm thinking it was and, and I don't have all of it pulled up and I'm sorry. There's just so much I don't have it all in my head. Um, uh, the third season of Deep Space Nine I think is when Voyager started because they were doing stuff with the Maquis. Um, okay. 
and and everything. But so w- now at the time uh, with CBS and everything, the productions were treated as completely separate productions. You had you had uh, Rick Berman and and uh, Sternbach. I forget his first name. Um, basically overseeing the sum total of Trek. But they had different showrunners. They had different head writers. They had different writers' rooms. They they didn't talk to each other. They were completely separate productions, right? Okay. Uh, and I think this led to one of the one of the greatest missed opportunities in television history, because if you look at the the Star Trek star charts for the for the 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 the, the Milky Way galaxy, the Star Trek universe, the Star Trek Milky Way galaxy. So in Voyager, as soon as you get done with the the intro to the plot and everything. Janeway makes a beeline for the Alpha Quadrant. She's like, set a course for Earth. It's going to take you 70 some odd, you know, 70 years to get there. I don't care. Set a course for Earth. Okay, cool. But if you look at the star charts, the Gamma Quadrant end of the Bajoran wormhole is closer than Earth. Why does she not set a course for that? That's her closest point home. Now, granted, it's still going to be like 45, 50, 50 years to get there. So it's still not a fast journey. It's not like she's going to be there next week. But it's it's cutting 20 years off the time in my estimates. But those are just rudimentary estimates. Plus, at the time that you're entering into like season six, of Deep Space Nine, you're going into the heart of the Dominion War. You could have Voyager coming up on the back side, the far side of Dominion space, and you could tell the Dominion War story on from both fronts. Like you could have shared and crossed episodes and storylines. You could have had Voyager working behind the scenes to take pressure off of the Alpha Quadrant um, with the Dominion War. Once that you you could have had them you know get got back in touch with Federation you could have had them meet changelings you could have had you could have explained their you know um, their uh, 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 ease not ease but you know their survival of encountering the Borg being that they're encountering Borg on the edge of Dominion space and the Dominion may have had I don't know you could have written something in that they had something over on the Borg I don't know but yeah. Like, it's a huge, huge missed opportunity in Trek. Yeah, but then we can't do Battlestar Galactica in Trek, which is just, we have to get home. Well, you can still do that. You're still doing that. They're still trying to get home. You're, you're, just, you're just crossing storylines and story arcs. It's just, it, it's just a missed opportunity. Anyway, okay. so I was replaying that, and, and, yes. and, and it's like that. we were talking about different things, and, and that's when I'm like, you know what? I, I was like, I got to know. What, what's going on with the damn holographic communication system? Because um, like, by the end of the series, you all are going to have to write it out somehow because we've never seen it before. Uh, and he said, he said actually, uh, he said, now that you come to mention it, uh, he said, I, I finished reading one of the scripts that I've, that I'm going to be directing for season two of discovery last night in my hotel room. And I think there is, uh, he goes, if I remember correctly, there's, there's, there's a whole scene about the holographic communication systems in that episode. So, so it's coming, you're getting your explanation. And I'm like, cool. Thank you, sir. Because he was awesome. 
So Jonathan Frakes wrote out holographic communications <laughs> in his episode because Scott Cox pinned him down at, at Lexington Comic Con and got him to, to do it. So everyone say thank you, Scott. <laughs> that is not exactly what I said. That's exactly what I heard. And until something proves me wrong, that's what I used to believe. <laughs> Scott's lasting contribution to Trek is getting rid of the stupid holograms. Sorry, what were we actually supposed to be talking about? Um, Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. Yes. Which was which was really good. Um, and and uh, I think like, you're getting I, to something about you could call it a spinoff of Discovery, but it isn't really. Well, it isn't, and it is, and, and everything. You you would you would not once again you would not be remiss calling it that. But one of the, like like the some of the things that I I. I I liked and disliked in the series was what the stuff that they're doing with the Gorn or they were doing with the oh, Gorn. We'll get to that. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So the fact that we're getting the Gorn explored a little bit and stuff is awesome because there's all these little pieces in the original series that never got expanded upon. That Andorians. <laughs> Tellerites. Gorn. Um, um, ha 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 shit uh tholians tholians mm-hmm. got expanded on a little bit in enterprise there's uh, space spiders that has put webs out there that they're they're crystalline based uh entities crystal uh, spiders yep mm-hmm. crystal mm-hmm. spiders but <laughs> so so there's there, there's all this stuff that they need to touch on but at the same time i also don't like some of the stuff that well, some of the stuff they're doing makes me separate it from the original series it can't be in the same universe because in that one gorn episode which is my least favorite episode because it's just a rehash of the movie Alien. Um, Consequently, that's uh, why it's one of my favorite episodes yeah, is yeah. because they did Alien in Star Trek, and I love it. did Alien in Star Trek. And once again, I don't hate it. It's just my least favorite of the series um, or the season. But, um, um, you know, you've got the the the, the one lady that, that's a relative of Khan Noonien Singh for some odd reason, which mm-hmm. hopefully has a payoff somewhere down the line. Yeah, well, just, here's what's weird about that. So that's clearly a name drop because we know even casual fans will will recognize. Oh, sorry, Nudian Singh is is Khan. Okay, so this person is somehow a descendant of Khan somewhere. Okay, well we'll put a pin in that because I'm sure we'll come back to it. And spoiler for the entirety of this first season, we don't come back to that. And then the character gets written off at the end of season one. I don't think she's written off. I think she will be back in season two. She may not be a full-time crew member, but I think she will be back. Point being, it never comes back. And for all I know, we'll start next season and she's not on the ship anymore. So, yeah, yeah, just a whole lot of like, because they very ham fist her whole backstory with the Gorn in there. Yes. um, Which felt very clunky and, and like, oh, okay. Well, we'll definitely be coming back to that, I'm sure, uh, yeah. which is why I was glad when we did, because I, I like the Gorn. Um, but in general, like the reason I love this and the reason I put it as my second favorite is, and again, I'm a casual enough fan. Uh, I don't care about how is she related to Khan or how is this supposed to merge with the prime timeline or all the things that will give hardcore fans some kind of a hang up. I don't care because what it gives me is an awesome captain. In, in Anson Mount and, and uh, Pike, um, who, yes, I know, Pike has been around since the, the, the original series. Uh, he, he was the original pilot uh, 
the original captain in the original pilot uh, before that got written out and, and Shatner came in and, and we, we did all that. So he's been around, the character's been around for a while. And we did see a cool version of Pike in the reboot films. But this version of Pike is just like, he's fun. He he reminds me very much of, of Captain Archer. And that he's he's fun and cracks jokes, but is also like intelligent and uh, has no problem solving stuff with fisticuffs if he has to. He's that old school swagger uh, uh, 60s, uh, sort of, uh, I don't want to say Kirk, but but Kirkian uh, uh, <laughs> template of Captain. Um, and I love that the show in general is just, hey, remember when Star Trek just went off and explored space? Let's just do that. Let's just go explore a new planet every week and get into a new uh, uh, problem every week. Let's just go do that. And and it's it's episodic in a great way. It does have episodes that link together and whatnot, but like in general, it is going back to the original spirit of the original series, which is let's just go explore space. Um, and I don't, again, I'm casual enough that we're seeing more of the Gorn than we should at this point in the timeline, but I don't care because I love the Gorn. Yeah. Um, we can well, get into some of that. Well, and it's not even that we're seeing more of the Gorn than we should be seeing that I have the problem with. The thing that kills me is that, like, in that one episode, in the Aliens episode, uh, <laughs> which I believe is is episode nine, All Those Who Wander, um, is, uh, uh, what's her name, the security lady, the, the Noonien Singh lady, you know, she makes the comment, she's like, she's like, sir, we, we, we would not be able to withstand uh, a single adult male Gorn. And this is an entire away team with phaser rifles. Yet apparently Kirk can beat a single male Gorn with bamboo and makeshift gunpowder. Yeah, because that's how badass Kirk is. I guess. I don't know. That is, like that is that is that is a long <laughs> down the road. Uh what do you call it when you pop up a character for later on? That is that is that is just set up for how badass Kirk is, man. I guess what that is. It's you know, playing I mean, the long game. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like what they're doing with the Gorn. Like, like the when it comes to Gorn, the the Strange New Worlds version of the Gorn is what the Gorn should be. But at well, the same time, I can't put it in the same timeline as the original series because everything that they're doing is like it doesn't make sense based off what we see. So in my head, I have to, I have to skew it a little bit. Uh, and that's fine because they really haven't given us. Th- so we start out with the Gorn are kind of our new space boogeyman. Um, they're kind of in that same realm of like the Reavers in Firefly. Yeah. Of like people have heard stories about the Gorn and maybe a few people scattered here and there have had like an encounter. But most people who encounter the Gorn don't live to talk about it. That's what kind of makes um uh, Leanne Newton Singh, I think is her name, uh, yeah. the security officer. Uh, that's what makes her kind of unique is she did have a horrific encounter with the Gorn, but she survived to tell about. Uh, so she's very much in that kind of Ripley category, um, which, again, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. Uh, but what they've what they've done is is they've kind of used the fact that we don't know a lot about the Gorn and to kind of to their advantage to sort of reinvent the character a bit or the the, the, the race a bit. So in <laughs> original series we get the gorn and it is like 
I love it because I'm me, but <laughs> if someone doesn't like Trek because it's goofy costumes and, you know, bad sets and whatnot, and then the Gorn is not a good example to show him because the Gorn is a dude in a giant foam lizard costume and uh, a toga thing fighting Kirk in the desert. Yeah. Uh, yep. It is the epitome of goofy, but I love it. Uh, yep. So they're taking that because <clears throat> the first time we encounter Gorn is just a ship, correct? We don't see the actual Gorn, or is that the same episode? And I'm not remembering that's, correctly. That's the same episode. Okay. Okay. So, so the episode starts out with a with a remote outpost being destroyed by an unknown vessel, uh, and it's it's the Gorn. So um, it's pronounced Wessel. And, uh, um, uh, but they don't know, like, it's just an unknown vessel. They they don't know the race. Like in the original series, in the original series episode. They, they, as far as I know, that was intended to be the way the it was written. The, the first encounter with the Gorn. Um, but, you know, in Strange New Worlds, which takes place 10 years before that, they already know who the Gorn is. Now, there are rumors like, you know, um, nobody has encountered the Gorn and lived and to, to come back to tell the tale except for La'an. Um, she's the first that that has lived through an encounter with the Gorn. Um, so that's cool. I mean, I guess you could say that maybe ten years in the future they have a new vessel class, and they mm-hmm. they had you know they didn't know it was Gorn going in. You you could write it correctly. Yeah, I put it in the same kind of category as the um, hologram projector thing. Like it's not a problem yet. Yes, uh, like you have time to address it and make it and make it okay. Yeah. Um that's <clears throat> the thing I loved about the Gorn and and I love what they've done with it is is yes the Gorn is giant lizard people and that is inherently goofy sci-fi but they're also intelligent enough to at least operate spacecraft. I don't know I don't know that we've ever seen them building their own or if they just like take other ships or whatever but like they're still intelligent enough to operate spacecraft. That makes them cool and unique. And this this series at least the the one episode we really get of them leans hard into the like vicious creature um category of of aliens but they also write that off as okay these are juvenile gorn and as they age they'll mature and i assume get more intelligent so they kind of wrote themselves out to to do like you said alien in star trek yeah um where they're loose on the ship and what are we going to do um well and and also uh, another thing about that episode that that irked me Mm-hmm. To, to no end was that obviously so it's a they're they're on board a, a different starship they're on board a, a crashed starship a starship that has you know crash landed on a planet because they wanted to reuse the interior sets you know they're on a different ship they're reusing the interior sets of the enterprise which is fine this is not new to star trek it's been used in every trek series you know that, that, that Look, trek production has a very waste not want not mentality <laughs> yeah yeah, but they we could fill, we could fill a whole show in, in in things built for A reused by B C and D. Yeah, but they go through this whole thing at the beginning. Oh yes, the the ship is a blah 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 class, which is a completely different class. It's very close to the Constitution class. Why not just make it a damn Constitution class? Yeah, there are fourteen Constitution class ships in the fleet at this point in time only like three or four of which have, you know, their fates actually set in stone by the original series. You could easily make it yeah. any one of the other eight 
Uh, and see, why? there's, there's, you're right. You are 1000% right. They put themselves in that situation and it's dumb because they didn't have to do it to themselves. But yeah. that's a perfect example of, ah, I'm a casual fan. I don't care. You say consolation class. I'm like, oh, okay. What does that look like? I don't know what that is. Constitution class, the constellation see, class there you with go. four nacelles that uh, <laughs> USS Stargazer, which okay, was, which was Picard's first command. And that's, that's a late 23rd century, early 24th century exploration vehicle. Like I said, we can't talk Trek without Scott. <laughs> yeah, Constitution. But there is a perfect example, perfect example of the two different kinds of fan we have coming today. Um, no, you're right. They put themselves in a situation they didn't need to. And that was, yes, that's. that's yeah, that's just one of those things where just like you wonder if they're almost just trying to troll fans. That's true. It's like we're gonna throw this out there just because it'll mess with the hardcore fans. What do you think now, nerd? Um, yeah, yeah, it's weird. But uh, in in general, uh, and I have a, a few sort of nitpicks. My biggest nitpick is, of course, we get an amazing character. Um, the second time we actually get to spend any decent amount of time with an Andorian, which is the ship's uh, uh, chief engineer, Hemmer who's a, a subspecies of the Andorian sort of psychic um, uh, blind has the whiter, paler skin than the blue skin. Uh, but the little bit of time we get to spend with Hammer, he's awesome. Uh, even though as Scott is about to point out, we'd spend very little time seeing him do anything engineering wise. Well, yeah. So, so first of all, um, you know, uh, thank you for uh, acknowledging that Hammer is a subspecies of Andorians. That he's not the he's not the the vanilla Andorian you know that we see like with, with the Andorians because yeah, we see Andorians and, everywhere in track we not everywhere but we see quite a few of them in Enterprise you know I, I mean? will not yes we do because Enterprise yeah. is the best series yes yeah Shran has uh, um Shran has an entire ship and and we mm-hmm. get to see quite a few of his uh, um, uh, uh, <laughs> cr- crewmen uh, and stuff. And, uh, but Hemmer is, uh, uh, one of the subspecies, uh, and I'm trying to remember Anar, that's what it's called. Uh, he's actually an Anar, which is a, a different species on the planet Andoria. Um, and, and they're first introduced in, in, in Enterprise. And I love the fact that we, we, we got him. I loved his character. Um, but what I disagree with was, I mean, you had made a statement at one point, you know, he was an awesome engineer. Well, we never actually see him do any engineering shit in 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 the first season. Like he doesn't do, he doesn't get to be an engineer much. The most engineering thing he gets to do is beam aboard a part of a sun while he's under an, an alien influence, which was cool as shit, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I will acknowledge that was awesome as fuck. But we don't get to see him be really be an engineer. We he get to see him talk other people through it and. We get a weird episode where we can just watch him be a awesome wizard. We we do get to see him be an awesome wizard. Uh, <laughs> touting how awesome science is. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sadly, and uh, I'm I'm very mad at the show for this. Spoiler. Uh, we don't get to spend much time with Hammer because Hammer gets killed off at the end of the season. And I don't care if they knew going in they were going to kill the character off and they've already told the actor playing him he'll come back as a different character. I don't care. I want yeah. Hammer back. He better be playing another Andorian <laughs> or just another cog in I... the conspiracy against Andorians <laughs> in Star Trek. Hashtag Andorian lives matter. Thank you. 
You can find the uh, t-shirt center. <laughs> hashtag justice for Hammer. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, I liked Hammer. I liked him as a character. Uh, he was really good. Uh, I wish we could have seen him do more um, uh, engineering, engineering. Yeah. engineering stuff. However, however, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But as as upset as I was that Hammer gets killed in the second to last episode, the fact that we get Scotty on the comms and he's supposed to be coming into season two just makes me giggle and I'm happy. See, I don't care. I've seen Scotty. I know, I know Scotty. The same as I don't care about Uhura being a cadet. I, it's fine. No. Cool. I know Uhura's story. There's plenty of stories about Uhura. She's in all kinds of stuff. Yeah. This is the thing I have to grapple with is I don't want the show just to be the original series, the, the prequel. It's them when they're young. Like, no, 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 no. We did that. We did that three times in three yeah. really good movies that Paramount ran into the ground. Don't do that on a TV show. Uh, d- don't turn my awesome Captain Pike show into just the young adventures of the Enterprise. Yes. And that's not what I want either. I don't want that. Okay. Like, like I. so first of all, one thing that's upsetting me about this series is, mm-hmm. is no, no Una. Like, we, we have, you know, Pike's number one, Pike's first officer, uh, Una, which is, we need her story. We need, and, and we're, it looks like we're going to get it, but in season mm-hmm. one, like, they take every opportunity to write her out. I don't know if Rebecca Romaine had some other, you know, other commitments that she couldn't fully commit to the production schedule for the first season. Yeah, they do write her out a lot. They write her out a lot. And she does, in fact, do stuff. But as far as, like, character development, yeah, there's very little. There's maybe one, two episodes yeah. where you get any kind of feeling of her character. Um, so, yeah, I want, I want, in season two, here's what I want going into season two. I want more Pike and Una. Mm-hmm. I want a little less Spock. Yep. Just, just a little less. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with him. I, I like the actor. I like how he's doing. You know, I like what he's doing with the character. I'm cool with it. I'm fine uh, with Spock. I am over this stupid love triangle they keep trying to force him. Oh, into. God, no. No, no, no. Give me more of that. What? Because No, give me more of that. Because in the original series, Nurse Chapel was in love with Spock. Okay. He was engaged. We only get the one episode called Amok Time uh, in that. So this whole nurse chapel you know in love with spock spock doesn't realize it because he's spock and he's got the the whole um uh the the t'pring thing going on i'm loving this storyline i want more of it because i love jess bush as christine chapel no she's great and keep the character but give her something else to do besides have a love triangle with spock that's true she needs more character development I, i agree with that she needs something other than the Spock thing. And that's my point with Spock, too. Is is, is the actor playing Spock does a great job, yeah. uh, considering he's now the third person to play this role, and that's a lot, it's still a very important role. He does a great job with it, but like give him more to bite on than just a love triangle. Okay, yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, still give me the love triangle. You don't have to write mm. it out, but, but give me some other things for those characters to do. You can my have one biggest, episode. <laughs> I, my biggest regret, for Jess Bush is that, and, and this is something that's really interesting when you, when you bring up, I, I honestly think right now, I think that Christine Chapel is one of the most interesting characters 
on the show. And I say that um, because she is attempting to overcome 1960s stereotype. Okay. So her character is Nurse Christine Chapel. Mm-hmm. She's a nurse. Mm-hmm. She's been pigeonholed into a nurse because that's what she was in the 60s, because that's what women were in the 60s. They were nurses, with the exception of Uhura, which we've already, you know, uh, we've already established. But like if if this show had been cast today without the the whole without the history of the characters from the original series, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's throw that out and let's cast this. She would be a doctor, straight up. Mm-hmm. She would not be called nurse. She would not be referred to. She doesn't behave like a nurse. She, she I mean, I mean, hell, she's like a damn expert in gen- genetics. You know, like I love what they're doing with the character. They've just got to get her past this nurse thing, but you can't because it's set in the prime timeline. At least that's what everybody is telling us. And you have that line in Star Trek, the original, I'm sorry, Star Trek, the motion picture from 1979, where uh, McCoy says, well, Jim, I hear uh, Chapel's an MD now. Implying that in in this time frame, she's not an MD. I'm not saying it can't be written a little, it can't, you can't write your way out of it, but it, they have to write their way out of it. Because I love what she's doing with the character. She's great. Um, the the all white in silver jumpsuit is a little weird. Um, I know I, it's Trek, but it, it's still like, can we just give her pants and a shirt? I don't, we we don't need the whole onesie thing. She well, looks no, like she's wearing pajamas the whole time. Well, so I, I think her onesie thing is harkening back to uh, Seven of Nine in Voyager and to yeah, Paul and Enterprise. We, we we don't need those. But I, then I we can look hot without a onesie. It's okay. I don't know. I'm, she I'm, will look gorgeous no matter what she has on she would, because she's she would, gorgeous. She would, and I love her attitude. I love her looks. I love everything about her. Mm-hmm. I love, I love, you know, how intelligent the character is, how yeah, snarky I, the character is. I would love to see her write her where she has to step up and take over uh, medical, and and something happens to shake her confidence, and that's why she stays a nurse so long. Because um, she's clearly way too intelligent and capable to just be a nurse. Yeah. Uh, and also, correct me if I'm wrong. Are, other than the original series, do we ever see nurses in 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 sick bay? Yes. It's, okay. Yes. Uh, in Next Generation, you have Nurse Ogawa. Okay. So so yes, there there are nurses. Okay. In sick bay, uh, post original series. Now post next gen. No. Okay. There is no character that is referred to as a nurse that I am aware of. Got it. Post Next Generation. Because I don't think there's any nurse named nurse characters. Now, there are background... Well, in in Deep Space Nine, you've got background... uh, Like medical personnel? Medical personnel, but whether they're named nurse or not, not that I'm aware of. Voyager, you've pretty much just got the doctor. Um, uh, Mm -hmm. And everything. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, sorry. No, no. no. Yeah. I know. He's no flocks. It's okay. Um. So yeah. Um. But uh, now that being said, the I'm sorry, but the Doctor in in Strange New Worlds is my least favorite character. 
he again feels very one note. He has a sick daughter that he stores in the uh, transporter beam, which is an interesting yeah. kind of concept. And yeah. how long can we stretch that out for? But that whole storyline's already been resolved within this one season. So he better have more going on than just that one storyline. Yeah. Yeah. That, that... Or he would have been the guy to kill off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm not getting I'm not getting this. And also there so there's a discrepancy here. So okay. that means that there's a doctor between Dr. Mbenga, I think is how you pronounce his name, and yes. McCoy. Because in the pilot episode of the original series, The Cage, um the doctor is it's a different doctor. It's not this guy. With Pike. Okay. So we have room to bring another doctor in, you know. Um, so there you go. Now you know. Of course, that being said, you know, like I, I like I like Uhura. I like the actress playing Uhura. Mbenga, I can deal without Una. I need more. I need more. I need more Una. Uh, Nunyan Singh, I'm fine with writing her out. Uh, Ortegas, I love Ortegas. The helm officer, yeah. The helmsman, yes. The helm officer of, of the air. I'm loving her. I love that only on Pike's ship would a helm officer get away with as much snark <laughs> as Ortega gets away with. Oh, she is snarky as shit. Yeah. I love it. And because she knows <laughs> Pike's not going to yell at her for her. Yep. Because Pike's probably trying not to laugh at it. Yeah. <clears throat> love her. I love, no, I love the relationship the two of them have. Yeah, yeah, they have a great one. And I'm gonna I'm gonna point out one other character that I think is awesome. Okay. In in this, not only the fact that is this that this is the first time in Star Trek history that this character has appeared that I'm aware of on screen, but they actually made him African American when the only other image that we've had of him was not African-American was most definitely Caucasian. And I'll get into that here in a second, but we get Robert April. And he's an admiral. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So the admiral that Pike talks about, cause he, mm-hmm. the one, the one that brings him out of his, you know, um, sort of uh, well, retirement, but not retirement, but his, his leave, he pulls him off of leave early, uh, to, to, to go get Una. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and everything, and he doesn't get you get he gets name dropped. You know, Admiral April, I'm like Admiral April, what? And I think he calls him Rob at some point, and I'm like, holy shit, we get Robert April. And I'm gonna say holy shit because Robert because Captain Pike is not the first captain of the Enterprise in the Prime timeline. He's the second. Kirk is the third. First captain of the Enterprise is Captain Robert T. April. Now, see, I did not know that. Yeah. So in the original draft of the of the original pilot script, the captain's name was Robert April. Okay. Between draft and production, the captain's name changed to Captain Christopher Pike. After the cage was produced and rejected by the network, um, a, a second pilot was ordered. And who do you have to thank? Because this is the 1960s, um, and even today, it, it's 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 uncommon 
for a pilot to be rejected, but a second pilot to be ordered. Oh, yeah. So not only was the first pilot of this rejected and a second pilot ordered, but do you know who you have to thank for that second pilot being ordered? Um, Lucia Ball. Lucia Ball. Ha <laughs> ha, got one. She was the head of Desilu Studios at the time. She saw it and she's like, I think there's something here. She overrode the board. And she said, we're getting another pilot. I want to see more. And then in the second pilot, we went to uh, we went to James T. Kirk. So in, 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 in the interim, between the end of, uh, of the original series and uh, 1979, when, when the motion picture comes out, you have that 10-year gap when Trek was not on the air. It was not the cultural phenomenon quite that it is now. You know, its existence post the original series was not guaranteed. Um, the fans call it the dark times when it was literally kept alive by Gene Roddenberry and his wife, Majel Barrett Roddenberry, um, basically going to conventions and, 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 and everything and basically just peddling, ostensibly peddling Trek out of the trunk of his car. Um, that we get a lot of some of this history filled in. And one of, one of the early, um, like behind the scenes books, uh, and and actually uh, a lot of the Star Trek visual the encyclopedias. Um, if you look up there, there was a there there was a, a picture of Robert April that was, and I'm saying that in quotation marks, air quotes. Robert April was released because he was never cast. There was never an actor assigned to Robert April because he was just okay. in the first draft. Um, but there was a picture that came out and it got assigned to the character of Robert April. And it's a it's a production still of I think it's Leonard Nimoy as Spock sitting at the science station. Okay. Okay. And it's a picture from the cage, so it's got that the cage uniform of that mm-hmm. kind of tan ochre yellow high collar you know uniform that they had in the pilot. But instead of uh, Leonard Nimoy's head, somebody had superimposed Gene Roddenberry's head over it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the only picture of Robert April that we ever had. Um, and it kind of became Star Trek lore, even though it wasn't officially in canon. And technically, it's still not official in canon on screen somewhere that Pike takes over for April, because I don't think they mention it in the first season of this. You just it get to me if they did. Yeah. I, I, I got to go back. I, I haven't done my third watch of uh, of this season yet. Um, I got to go back and do, do my third watch of this. Jeez, season. Scott, haven't yeah, even I, gotten to your third rewatch yet. I haven't. I'm a horrible fan. I know. Call I've only watched the season twice. I'll I'll do it tomorrow. How about that? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that we get Robert April uh, on screen just makes me just just giggle. That's awesome. I had yeah, I didn't know that. So yeah, if, if the show mentioned it, it totally escaped my gasp. So cool. Yeah. So. So in general, yes, we very yeah. much enjoy Strange New Worlds, um, yeah. and we we want to see more of it. So yeah. have they officially greenlit a season two? Yes. Good. As far as is I it, know, it is in pre-production now. Is it done yet? Can I watch it now? No. <sighs> No track for you. One year. Mm. 
Actually, that's probably accurate. Yeah, I was going to say, it'll probably be about a year. Yeah. (laughs) Me, on the other hand, I'm going to watch the shit out of anything that comes out. I know. Well, speaking of anything that comes out, let's transition. Um, I know season one was very divisive, but let's talk about season two of Lower Decks. Oh, God. Season two of Lower Decks was so awesome. All right, then. Moving on. (laughs) I just, I don't know. So when when Lower Decks first came out, you know, uh, as far as I know, uh, one of the one of the core people uh, involved in Lower Decks is one half of the creative team of Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. And and this is something I'm a bit confused about. Because the 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 creative team of Rick and Morty are the writers, right? Did they bring it? Did they bring in the animation staff? Because it has a very, you know, Rick and Morty animation style feel to it, too. It might be the same animation studio. I don't know. Uh, But that's one of the big complaints about season one was that it was just Star Trek trying to be Rick and Morty. And that's not accidental, but it's not also fully accurate. No, it's Uh, not. I mean, the first couple of episodes. Yeah. It's that same sort of vibe of humor. Um, but I, and I, I think I'm with you. Season two was leaps and bounds better than season one. And you can say this about pretty much any show, but by season two, they've got a much better sense of their own character and the, the, the characters themselves and what their tone is and what a lower deck story is. Cause season one of any show, you're kind of throwing whatever at the wall to see what sticks and what feels right. By season two, you've got that honed in and season two focuses much, much more on the characters and their relationships to each other and, and their development. Uh, it, yes, there's jokes. Um, and it also has, has firmly leaned hard into the, like, I also feel like season one was supposed to be, Hey, are you not a Trek fan? Come watch this show. Um, yeah. And season two is like, no, throwing that right out the window. Uh, like, no, hey, are you a Trek fan? Cause we're going to name drop and make references that only you freaking nerds are going to get. <laughs> Oh God! They have an exocomp crewman. Now she turns yeah, out. Yeah, can you believe turns out that? To be a bitch, you know, and she leaves everybody stranded. But still, they've got an exocomp crewman. That's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everyone knows you, what that is. You don't know what I'm talking about with the. No exocomp. idea what you're talking about now. That's because you haven't watched Next Gen yet. I have to. Not all of it, obviously. Nope. You don't clearly. This episode. <laughs> Uh, no, like they've they've definitely gone more into the okay. No, this is going to be like the main storylines are casual enough you can just drop in or watch an episode, but we're going to throw in humor just for the truck fans because we know that's who's watching the show too. Um, I, I feel like season two has found a again they've really found their voice, hit their stride, um, and and it's much more focused than season one to its benefit. Yeah. No, I mean. So when I when I first started um, season one, I, I watched it when it came out. And so the first episode, the pilot episode for for Lower Decks, it's it's very much, hey, Rick and Morty does Star Trek. It, it very much is. The humor is 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 the same as the exact same as Rick and Morty, uh, and, and everything. And I was watching it. I'm like, you know, but I I try to give things the benefit of the doubt. I'll I'll try to watch. I don't just shut off after one episode with the exception of Peacemaker. Um, Moving on. But, you know, so I watched it and, and 
I would honestly say even even in season one, after about maybe the one third to one halfway mark, like it settles into Trek a little bit. You know, it, it settles and it, 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 it starts to find its voice. Even in that first first season. But then season two hits and it's just like, oh, my God, this is a great like season two ends with me going, shit, no, what the fuck? I want more. Where's my no. No, you can't end it like that. I gotta know what's happening. What's going mm-hmm. on? You know, um, and, and 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 everything. It 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 goes fully into the the whole trek trek thing, and 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 they name drop all kinds of shit. They reference as much as they can possibly get away with. You know, um, like the whole episode where they're 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 closing down the 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 one collector species's like collection of things, mm-hmm. and it's literally just episode reference references upon references upon references to to uh uh past past trek and and everything it's it's a great story um it, it's wonderful I, I honestly right now i'm i'm ranking right now i want to rank uh lower decks as my favorite of the new trek right now but that's only because we've only gotten one scene of strange or one season of strange new worlds. Fair. You know, um, I will say this lower decks has perhaps one of my favorite episodes of any track show I've ever seen. Um, which as Scott points out, is it as much as him? Uh, but the camera, if it's the finale or the second to the last episode of season two, where we're following, lower decks crew mem- uh, crew members of other ships so we have the lower deck crew of a klingon ship the lower yep. deck crew of a vulcan ship yep. uh, that because it, it for most of the episode it feels like like three separate storylines but by the end of that episode they've tied them all together uh, they all affect each other and that was awesome Yes, uh, spending time outside of the Federation and Starfleet and on other ships and with other cultures and like sort of embedding like okay yeah we're all different we're, you know, you're a Klingon I'm a Vulcan but really we're all kind of the same yeah like we're all we're all lower decks we're all in that position uh, that was awesome and I hope we get more of that going forward. Well, I'm hoping that we th- those characters because those characters were were prime situations at the end of that story to be brought into lower decks like in season three i'm hoping that's what they're doing because we spent a lot of time with those two characters we do um and they're wonderful characters and i'm always all for more aliens in my star trek so that is one thing that i, I that, that that star trek definitely needs um that i think the new stuff as a whole is is doing a very good job of it up until this point like deep space nine i think did it the best was giving us a variety of alien species as characters yeah, and we've been, I'll give them this. They, they've definitely been a quantity over quality. So, like, uh, Hemmer was great in Strange New Worlds, and I think he's the only alien crew member I can think of. Uh, but he was very well done. And Saru on Discovery, uh, very oh, well done. Like, he's he's great, he's yeah. not just an effect. He's a full character. Um, I'm okay with that. But I swear to God, if we replace Hemmer with another human, I'm pissed. Well, he's getting replaced with Scotty, so yes. Then I'm pissed. <laughs> then our new head of security had to better be a friggin' alien. Um, 
Yeah, so, and that's one thing. So, let's see here. So, in, in Strange New Worlds, you've got Spock, mm. Una, Hammer. Mm, okay. <laughs> yes, Una's technically an alien, but guess what? She's played by a human and doesn't even have, like, makeup yeah, on that looks like an alien. She has no prosthetics. She looks human. Um, and, and, and that was something that, that caught me off guard. You know, Una is an Illyrian. And and I'm like, when did that become a crime? Like, when was 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 this never not? When was this a secret? When did this become a secret? I don't remember this being a secret before. As far as I knew, everybody knew she was an Illyrian. I, I, I thought it was common knowledge, but apparently it wasn't. I don't know. Mm. I don't know either. I'm um, not the person to help you that, sir. I know. Um. But yes, we definitely need we need more Tellarites too. Um, yeah, we did. We was we got them in one episode. Yeah, we got them yeah. in one episode, and that was that was probably my favorite episode. Even though it's a it's a body switch episode, and they were playing mm-hmm. cheap laughs, um, which I wasn't a fan of. I was very much a fan of that alien species that they were having the negotiations with. That was a wonderful, wonderful thing. And this is something that I think Trek is trying to do a little bit more of, and that is explore different viewpoints through the through the through, through the the aspect of new unique aliens, mm-hmm. um, because, um, uh, what was it? And uh, I know you haven't seen it, but season four of uh, Discovery, uh, the the overarching story arc is basically a first contact situation with an alien species from outside our galaxy that does not does not communicate in anything even remotely uh, resembling our you know uh, standard method of communication. Okay. Like they're so alien and foreign to us that once they started figuring out what was going on and they embarked on the first contact mission. That I think was some of the best trek we've had, period. Like okay. that that is some awesome trek at its core. Uh with season four of Discovery. It was beautiful writing. Uh and I know I'm jumping over to a, a different series now, but that's fine. Yeah, it was good. It was it was wonderful. Uh, I loved it. No, I think we shot our wad on <laughs> um Lower Decks is great. Season two, great. If you had any trepidation coming out of season one, season two was fantastic. Very um, so, yeah. They're, they're focusing on their core characters and developing them and their relationships with each other. And if you're a longtime Trek fan, it is made just for you. There's tons of stuff in there. And if you're a casual fan like I am, don't worry about it. Most of it will go right over your head. I'm like, oh, that's probably a reference to something cool. And we're <laughs> off to the next thing. Like, we don't we don't sit there and, and hark on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're, you 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 don't stay for the references. You're there for the characters. And like yeah. Scott says, there's an overarching kind of storyline to that season, and it ends on the kind of cliffhanger where you're going to be like, well, hold on, what do you mean that's the last episode? No, there's got to be like one more, right? No, that's it, really. So that's where you're leaving that, us. Fuckers. And that's <laughs> there is no better sign of good storytelling than your audience wanting more. So yeah, yeah. Um, that brings us to. Well, do you want to talk Discovery? I haven't watched any of it, so since we season like two, so yeah, you you've only seen up to season two, and that's fine. Uh, season three, they had to change some stuff, and in all honesty, we we could get into the whole thing of 
of why season three is what it is and the, 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 the plot holes and the things that I don't like with season three, but we won't. Um, well, I don't know. Watch it and we'll come back to it. Yeah, I think we could actually you could actually do a whole episode on Discovery just between seasons two to four. Okay. Um, uh, and, and everything. And I don't think it's anything we need to get into now. Um, Discovery, Look, as long as Tandy is still there just being awesome, uh, the show can't go wrong. You mean Tilly? Tilly, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I said, Tilly. Because mm-hmm. Tandy is a chain of leather crafting stores. So she's the only character whose name I can remember, and I got that wrong. So <laughs> that should no, tell you my thoughts yeah. on Discovery. Well, I mean, Discovery has some great characters uh, and, and such, and it went through an evolution between seasons. <laughs> like Tandy. Yeah, Sorry. like Tandy. Uh, um, and stuff. Um, I have some problems with season three, but so do a lot of people. But But it was a transition episode. To kind of fix the series, and and once again, I won't get into won't get into that now. Um, but the uh, the the other one that that's out there is Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've watched season one. Um, I've watched season one and two. I liked season two better than season one because season one is a hot mess of storylines. From what I understand, so is season two. Really. They just keep throwing more stuff in. Well, so not quite as bad as season one, in my opinion. Okay. Um, season two is basically a serialized version of Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. And I'm out. And it's not quite as cheesy as Star Trek Four, but it definitely has some of those aspects. So uh, there's no scene where we're sitting on a bus and the guy's playing his music hey, really loud. Hey, and... hey, it's the same guy. They brought him back. I know. I that's the, that, that's my joke. And love it. Awesome scene. It's great. Okay. That's Trek cameos everywhere. The fact they brought him back was great. Yeah, they sure did bring that producer back. Good for him. They, they did. And it was awesome. Anyway. Sorry. Um, um, the thing they did with... There, there's some... There's there's still aspects of it I don't like. I don't think it's as a, a, a much of a hot mess as season one. That being said, it, I'm not saying it's not a hot mess. It, it's got issues, but it's not as bad as season one. My problem with season one was the bullshit ending uh, of that act three. We wanted to kill Picard, but not. So you're not really Picard anymore. You're a robot. Yeah, but you don't have any advantages to being a robot, and you'll and still time out at some point. Yeah, you're still gonna age. Yeah, like if you're gonna do that, then why not have the robot Picard be the one that gets killed? Because we like, did that in Nemesis. Well, also, what kills me is they're like, "Oh yeah, we transferred Picard's consciousness to into an android." It's blah 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 blah. It's like revolutionary. It's like no. No, this was done in Next Generation. They did an entire storyline where Data's mom was transferred to an android body. Uh, she woke up. She did not know she was an android. Like, literally, we've done this. This has been done. It's not new. If only we had some all-powerful cosmic character who has a uh, long uh, interpersonal relationship with Picard who could have somehow brought him back from the dead anyway. Well, they saved him for season two. Oh and, wait! And it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird ending to his storyline. 
because they try to wrap up Q in season two. Can't wrap up Q. That is Q. Well, they did. The dude abides. Q just Q's. Did you just put a big Lebowski reference in my trek? Take Lebowski, did, did the dude, the dude Reno, if you will, <clears throat> give him massive cosmic powers. Yeah. Cute. No, 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 no. He's no. just looking for a good sarsaparilla out there in the no. universe. No, no, sorry, no. Okay. Get your big Lebowski out of my trek. I hate the big Lebowski. Wow. Okay. I can't stand that damn movie. That movie's but the character's fun. Movie is annoying as shit. It could be the Gen X in me. I just I don't I can't stand that character. I can't stand that that movie. I can't stand that story. Okay. Well, we're not talking about that. We're just talking I'm, about Q. I know. I know. But yeah. I'm gonna end that rant before we get into it. That'll work. That's fine. Um. Yeah, season two of Picard, I think, is better than than season one. Uh, that's not saying a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, thankfully, season three is supposed to be the last season of Picard. They're bringing back the entire Next Generation cast, and supposedly we're going to see the whatever the current Enterprise is in that that timeline or that that we're going to see a new Enterprise. Which, uh, so the I thing guess. we all wanted since they said we're doing a Picard series. Yes, we're finally yeah. going to get it in season three. We're doing Next Generation Part Two. Yeah, Dawn of the Rise of the Fall of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I still think they're going to screw it up somehow. <laughs> I, I, so to to tell you this, do okay. I hate Picard? No. Because I love all things Trek. I was going to say, do you hate any Trek? I, I know things not. in Trek annoy you, but yes. do you hate any Trek? Okay. No, I do not hate any Trek at all. However, while I said I haven't started my third watch through of um, uh, Strange New Worlds, Strange New Worlds yet, which I'm going to. So I've done two watches of Strange New Worlds. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've done two watches of Discovery Season 1. Three watches of Discovery Season 2, one watch of Discovery Season 3, and one watch of Discovery Season 4, but that's only because I haven't had time to go back to Season 4 yet. I plan on doing a second. I've done four watches of uh, Lower Decks 1 and 2 because they're awesome and they're quick. They're like half Yeah, hour. they're short, yeah. Um, so I can. I have done no rewatches of Picard. <laughs> and that should tell you all you need to know. So I watch it, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'm done. Cut, let's let's go on to the next. Like, when I'm in the mood for Trek right now, I go back to anything before I'll go back to Picard. Fair enough. I, I would have to say it is my least favorite Picard, or er, Trek. Okay. But, but yeah. Well, there's one we haven't gotten to, and I have not seen a single frame of it, so I have nothing to say. But, Scott, what the hell is Prodigy, and is it worth watching? Yes. Prodigy is worth watching. Okay. If I've never seen any of Janeway, is it worth watching? Yes. Okay. So, however, Prodigy is not your is not your typical Trek. Um. So you basically have a bunch of kids 
who find a an experimental Federation starship that's that this the main bad guy is hunting for, and they find it, and there and and there's a there's a hologram of Janeway on it um, that thinks that the kids are uh, Federation cadets. Okay, it's in the Delta Quadrant. Mm. It's got an experimental engine. Okay. Um, it is one I plan on going back and doing uh, at least a second watch on, maybe a third watch. I just haven't got to it yet because I had so much other stuff going on. Um, it is definitely worth watching, and I say that because while it's got a couple of hiccups, like at the beginning, it takes it a few episodes to really get its legs under it because there's so much backstory that they kind of got to set things up. Okay. At the end of this season, I had I I had the wait what no I need more I had the cliffhanger moment of I want more story like when this season ended I'm like shit what the fuck is going on damn it <laughs> but not because, in a I'm a confused way in a in a you can't end there yeah exactly yeah. gotcha yeah yeah so you know especially if you're a Voyager fan if you are a Voyager fan. Which I'm I'm totally fine with people. I like Voyager because Voyager has some of the best Star Trek stories that have ever been told. Conversely, it has some of the worst Star Trek stories that had ever been told as well. But they did some great Star Trek in Voyager, and they have great characters. In fact, uh, uh, one of my favorite characters of all time comes out of Voyager, and that's Tuvok. Love Tuvok. Uh, um, of course, the Doctor is awesome, but um. But yeah, if you're a Voyager fan, uh, watch Prodigy. Uh, it's not going to give you much Voyager in this one, but it ties into some stuff that you're going to be like, what the fuck? I got to know what's going on. Okay. So, yeah. It is, I, would watch, I would watch Prodigy before I would watch Picard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Noted. Yeah. So, anyway. So, did we miss anything? Uh, is there what? So what is going on with uh, Section Thirty One? Is that dead? Is that still happening? I don't think it's dead. Okay, but it is definitely on the back burner. Okay, um, and that is I I, I honestly think um that it did not like I think Anson Mount Pike stole the show in 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 Discovery Season Two. That they're like, yeah, we we need to explore this. Mm-hmm. Like they, I know they want to do the Section Thirty One story, and as far as I know, it is still uh, greenlit. But uh, I think it's on the back burner. I, I don't, I don't think there's any kind of a release date for it. I don't think it's in even in pre production yet. Okay. Uh, I think they've got so many irons in the fire right now. Personally, um, after Picard season three. Because as far as I know, once again, that's supposed to be the last season of Picard. Mm-hmm. Once that's wrapped up, I then I can see them uh, going forward with uh, the Section 31 spinoff. So, we'll see. Okay. Any other projects uh, on the horizon? Uh, I know we keep getting teased with the uh, uh, Star Trek Four movie. I, 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 I'm still reluctant to say it's dead. 
I will go ahead and do that for you. It's not gonna happen. Uh, and it's 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 purely numbers. It's it's the same reason it didn't happen when it was supposed to, and that is Paramount as a company doesn't have the money for it. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, uh, Top Gun Maverick is single handedly trying to keep the company afloat because uh, that movie just will not die this summer. Uh, but they've got to renegotiate with a lot of those actors and those actors are no longer no names and they're yeah. going to hold out for money uh, because they know what they're worth. And I don't think at least the four that was planned, I'm not saying there won't ever be a Star Trek a four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cinematic movie, but it will not be a sequel to uh, Star Trek Beyond in that cast. It, hey. That's not going to happen. Hey, we're getting Chris Pine meeting his father played by Chris Hemsworth coming back as a space pirate because he lived and it's certainly involving no time travel whatsoever. Dude, I would love to see that storyline. Not going to happen. Um, so yeah, you're not wrong if they, they, they want to do another one. So first of all, with as much popularity as Trek has right now and as much Trek as we're getting, which is phenomenal, they would be remiss if we don't have a theatrical release of Trek. They would they need, though? We need a theatrical release. Well, we don't. Do we need it? No, we don't need it. Would it be awesome? Yes. Does it have to be a sequel to Beyond? No. So that's my thing. Is uh, Trek was a TV show long before it was a film franchise? Yes. And you could argue Trek on TV is is really where Trek thrives because how many hours in, in, in series of Trek have been on TV versus the movies? And granted, they've turned out quite a few movies over the years. Uh, they are not slouching on the number of movies. But even then, the movies were your TV crews getting a bigger budget and making a movie. So basically, you're just doing long-form episodes of the TV shows you already had. Yeah. Do we need a theatrical release, Trek? Or is Trek doing just fine on streaming? Uh, I would agree with that. Trek is doing just fine. Trek does not need a theatrical release. I'm not opposed to a Trek movie. And, and what I really want to see, and you could do this in, in film, is I would love to see a Trek uh, story, whether it's film, TV, whatever, that is not in any way connected directly to any other Trek series. Doesn't have a recurring character, isn't in the same timeline as blah, 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 isn't a prequel to such and such or a sequel to such and such. Just give me new Trek. Where you can have the technology look as shiny and brand new as you want it to, because nothing has to link up to anything else. We don't have any recurring legacy characters that we have to worry about canon for. Just give me new Trek. Because as much as I love Anson Mount and 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 uh, Strange New Worlds, we're always at some point ham-fisted with the well, it's supposed to connect to this, so we're limited with things we can do. Uh, and, and the same with pretty much all the other shows. And, and I know Picard is kind of uh, giving Picard and in, in, in now Discovery are further on in the timeline, but like they're all still somehow connected back to the original stuff. And it's like, can we just get? And it, Star Wars has the same problem too right now. Can we get away from being connected to everything that already came before and just do something totally new in that world? Still 
track still Federation and Starfleet and in the races we know and exploring uh, the universe. But like, can we just get back to like, it doesn't have to be connected to something that came before or, or tied into something that came before. Can we just, 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 just do something new? Maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, yeah tell me we're doing another Star Trek movie and it's going to be set um, post um um what's the latest series in the timeline voyager uh post voyager with a brand new ship and a brand new crew awesome on there well so right now one of the biggest things and i know this is exactly counterintuitive to the argument you just made okay <laughs> but Speaking as the other side of the Star Trek fan coin, okay, mm -hmm. right now the biggest question for Star Trek that hasn't been answered, uh, it could be done via movie, it could be done via thing, is we've had tie-ins to Voyager, we've had tie-ins to Next Gen, we've had tie-ins to the original series, they've not touched Deep Space Nine, and Deep Space Nine as a series is the only one that ended on a cliffhanger. The Deep Space Nine series ended on a cliffhanger. Okay. What happened to Cisco? He went with the he he went with the prophets. Um Gold Ducat went with the Paw Wraiths. Like literally there's more story to tell there. We need something DS9. Okay. We need those characters. We need, there's more story to tell. Because it, because it ended on a cliffhanger. That being said, also, um, Enterprise. But you wouldn't do that as a feature movie. That would be a well, streaming, and, and, a limited streaming series to, to. You, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm it, down with that. You could do that. You could do like a six episode series. Yeah. To give us the next, the next leg of Deep Space Nine. Uh, and stuff. Um, and also Enterprise. Enterprise ended with an episode of the Next Generation. Don't, don't give me hope. You know, don't, don't tease me. I mean, we never got the refit Enterprise. We never got Shran on board the Enterprise. We never got that what what was arguably a beautifully planned fifth season. Do I want to see the fifth season? No, not necessarily now. But not anymore. Yeah, yeah, not anymore. But there's more story to tell. If you're going to tie in, you got two golden opportunities to tie in there. See, I agree with you there. But I, I would do both of those as either a... The Enterprise thing I would do almost as a TV movie. Or a limited series, and I definitely think the the, the Deep Space Nine would be best fit as a, a limited series. Um, but no, you're right. There there are some stories in, within Trek that haven't been finished. And again, even though it's counter to what I just said, 
I'm fine with, with and that's and that's I guess kind of what I'm getting at is if you're doing something on on streaming for a network and you can do it within a budget, you can kind of do whatever you want and you can tailor to the hardcore fans and get to the minute story details we never quite got to. But as far as doing something for a major motion picture in the world we live in today, it has to be something that appeals to the non-Trek fans as much as it does the the bread and butter Trekkies. And I'm going to call you Trekkies. Um, yeah. And I, I think the best way to do that is to start fresh. To not have it be Kirk or Picard or Spock or characters we already know. Start fresh. Give us enough of the things we know, like, again, Starfleet and the ship designs and the, you know, having Klingons and Vulcans and whatever, because those are the things associated with Trek. But give us new characters and a fresh story. So we don't have to worry about all the, the continuity and, and canon and on all that. But if you're doing stuff on TV, that's who you're appealing to. Uh, and I think one thing I'll give Paramount and you've pointed out is they've done a really great job of identifying what the fans like and don't like to the fact that you know the the reaction to Anson Mount as Pike was so overwhelming that you immediately jumped on, okay, we got to develop that. Yeah. Yeah. To the point that I, I honestly think they were gearing up to do Section 31 and then season two of Discovery hit, and they're like, oh, shit, we got to we got to strike while the iron is hot. Yeah. Pull, pull back on Section 31, shift over to, to Pike. We, we got to get that going now. Uh, and that's awesome to see. Yeah. Uh, to, to see them uh, recognizing the, the fan reaction and, and taking that into account. That's that's really cool to see. So, yeah. Yeah. So, what, what, you know, the last thing I was going to end with is, you know, what do you want to see going forward? And you definitely answered that. So, yeah. I think I think that's the way to do it. I think your smaller stuff, you can cater to your, your bread and butter crowd. And if we ever get around to doing another theatrical i think the way to go is a clean break and a fresh start but what do i know yeah uh, maybe we'll get that big in you know maybe tom cruise just whip out that checkbook and, and write paramount a blank check to make a star trek movie and we well, can get that like i would still look at me wrong if they announced today hey we're gonna bring the whole cast back and do another movie i'd go watch it i love that yeah. cast i love that crew i love that storyline um well but at the same time it's been so long since beyond and we lost uh, Anton Yelchin. I uh, do love the fan uh, proposed thing of uh, every Trek movie from now on. We just mentioned what what um, Scotty's off or not Scotty. Um, what we like keep the character alive. He's yes, yes. Great. We just mentioned yeah. what what he's off doing and why he's not here. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason to kill off the character. And you just freaking teased me with a Cyclops uh, uh, space jammers in Star Trek storyline. So exactly. yeah, I want to see that. I'm telling you, I've proposed this forever that that even when I saw the when I saw uh, Star Trek 2009 mm -hmm. in 2009 in theaters, you know, I came out of it going, "You could totally write that where he survives." And in my head canon, he did not die. Like 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 Papa pa Papa Kirk, uh, George Kirk does not die there like and i've said this before so basically you open uh you open the new movie with the opening just to, to to trek 2009 with him you know ramming the ship into um the narada mm -hmm. uh nemo's ship and uh and nero's ship not nemo nero when near in the nero's ship um you know 
And so you've got that whole exchange of, you know, what are we going to name him? Oh, let's name him after your father, blah, 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 blah. And so you start there, and then you cut to the bridge of the uh, uh, of the Narada, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you get that exchange, like, what are they doing, blah, blah, blah. There's still one person left. We're reading one life sign on the bridge, blah, 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 blah. And it's like their shields are down. Beam him aboard. And then the ship crashes in. You see him fly forward. And then, you know, just after he would have flown off frame from the original shot of the original movie, you're you're looking at it from a different angle. So as he flies forward, as the ship hits and, and he flies forward, well, then he, he, he dematerializes. And he's beamed aboard the Narada. So he's taken prisoner by the Klingons with, with the Romulans. So he's there on... Um, uh, the, the the Klingon prison planet uh, Ruapente uh, and everything and now we cut to his experiences on Ruapente and how he gets off of Ruapente and literally he spends the next however many years just trying to survive and he becomes you know he becomes a space pirate literally the star jammers just like you said like that's what I want to see that's how I want to bring George Kirk back That that is, there you go. That's how he survives. That's how he comes back. You've got you got Jim Kirk, basically tracking at war with his father. You know uh, George Kirk uh, and everything. They're on both sides of this movie, being played against by the middle, which is the real real villain of the story. Um, which I don't exactly know who is yet. But... The Gorn. No, not the Gorn. No, Giant no. green space hand. No, no. Andorians. No. I don't know, but no. Well, uh, you had me and then you shot down all my ideas, so now I hate it. Uh, uh-huh. But that being said, no. though, there is one other thing I want to see going forward. Yeah, okay. One other thing that, that has to be brought back in Strange New World Season 2. Okay. And that is, that is the dude from The Office as Harry Mudd. Rain Wilson. Thank you. Yes, Rain Wilson has to come back as Harry Mudd. The dude from the office, Steve Carell. You want to see Steve Carell come in? I'm fine with that too. <laughs> John Krasinski, what are you doing here? But uh, but but Rain Wilson has to come back in season two of Strange New Worlds as Harry Mudd because I liked his Harry Mudd. It's a little different from the original series, but that's fine. Different is good. It doesn't have to be a copycat. I, I liked what he was, but but he's still there. I want Rain Wilson back as Harry Mudd in, in Strange New Worlds. I'd forgotten about that. <clears throat> okay, I'm down for that. Yeah. Well, because he what? already has a, he already kind of has a uh, no 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 that was Lorca. He's only in season one. He's not in season two of uh, of, of Discovery. He's only in season. One. Anyway, but yeah, I want to see him back. All righty. Well, there's our uh, thoughts on the current slate of Star Trek on uh, Paramount Plus. And what we hope to see from the franchise going forward. So let us know. What did you think of the current slate? Uh, do you hate all of it? Do you love all of it? Uh, do you agree or disagree with what we had to say? What do you think the best way to go forward for the franchise is? Do we need that big budget movie up on the screen? Are we cool on the small screen? Uh, is there some other corner of Trek that needs a, a sequel follow-up series thing to tie it off? Let us know. Uh, and until then... Uh, This has been your weekly Nerd Alert. 
Live long and prosper. And I should...